so weird to record these in person just because it's what 18 months now yeah. the norm of um, recording remotely and it's just like I guess we could talk about that right away so oh god I got text it'd be my girlfriend asking where a book is because I hid it I hid <laughs> book. no no she's still not which means she's not reading a book because I hid it is that the test yeah that's the test like, oh did you read your book yes yeah, so, well, you don't yeah, sure. I hid it in the house <laughs> No, it's um, episode 96 or 7. 96. Get a letter from the Queen soon. Because apparently that's a thing still. Oh, getting getting a letter for being 100. Yeah, so Americans might not know that. What If you're in the UK, if you reach age 100, the Queen handwrites you a letter. I remember there was a story a couple of years back where um, a lady got really pissed off. She got to like age 108 and the Queen sent the same photo. She's just a photo. It's just a, fo- it's just a, a card with the Queen's face on it. It's like, she couldn't buy a new... She, it's clearly it's just a stock photo they yeah, have exactly, of the Queen, yeah. but it's like she got like eight of them because she's like 108, and so it's just the same fucking card on a mantelpiece. I didn't realise you get one every year past yeah. 100. Yeah, and it's weird though. It's an achievement to live a long life. Well, I guess it is. Yeah, he says it all though, doesn't it? It's like the Queen, right? She will allow. I wonder where that tradition started. I don't know. Just being uh, getting to a certain age and it's like... Oh, it must have been maybe like the first person in the UK to reach a hundred. Yeah, but then it just became a tradition from then then on out. So the Queen's getting on up there, and she's like what ninety eight. Mm, I'm not sure. She's up there doing it, but yeah, I've, I've got a completely not young. I've completely gone off track now. Yeah, it's episode ninety six. I'm joined by Lucas in person for once. Hello. And uh, yeah, like, so with the like pandemic's not over, but like social distancing measures have been reduced, we're able to meet up in person. Mm-hmm. Is what's the weirdest thing for you? When it's come to that, like, what's some of the things that's like been difficult for you to readjust to? Um, I mean, definitely when the, the trains are busy. That's an awful one, yeah. And you're yeah. like waiting for a seat. Or like when you, the one for me is when um, a friend of mine went out for a drink, and I walked into the pub, and they just, oh, we're not doing seated service anymore. You go to the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what? Also, why did you stop that? That's that was amazing. I don't know why table service has been taken away. I guess in like a bar, it's just while it gets busier. Ease of use, yeah. It's the the bar staff can't keep up with going back and forth to tables as well as taking orders. Yeah, and uh, just I remember though, like doing when they were trying to open stuff back up the first time, and all the people on the news, like the talking heads, they get mm. in. Just I want to be able to go order a pint for myself. I don't like it being delivered to me. It's like, how are you complaining that your life has gotten easier? Yeah, your life has got so much easier. Like, you you have gotten... Just going out is now markedly more easier. Like, the food and drink gets brought to you. You no longer have to deal with the stress. Because how many times is it, oh, right, um, I guess the bar looks quite quiet now. I'll, I'll go wait and stand and get the round in so that everyone else can stand here and talk and I'll wait at the bar for 10 minutes. And yeah. Now it's just... Well, I guess we'll have to wait for 10 minutes, but we can all sit here, have a conversation, and be comfortable. Yeah. And it's weird to see people complain about that, and I was baffled that is the only reason must be they're just annoyed. They're annoyed that things aren't the same. It's like, well, they're never going to be the same because things change. Mm-hmm. People don't like change, though, Carl. They really, really don't. Speaking of change, um, uh, like just the one constant in my life for the last 18 months is the cat outside my house. And you've seen the cat today, haven't you? Uh, briefly, yeah. You briefly saw the cat, right? And I need to tell you so because no one fucking believes me, but you've seen it now, you can confirm. Just a cat that sits outside my house and there's just food everywhere. Yeah. Did you see all the food? Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was a stray cat. And it's not a stray cat, it's got a fucking collar. So it's <laughs> yeah. someone's cat, but it sits outside my house. And 
every day someone will walk past and feed the cat mm-hmm. to the point where there is gone off food in front of the cat that it's turned its nose apart. <laughs> and now someone's brought a cushion for the cat to sit on and it doesn't even sit on it. <laughs> so they brought it a cushion and they bring water and it's bringing rats out. So I'm assuming the cat's eating the rats. But one day I walked past and there was just a fucking hot cross bun. Someone had given the cat a hot cross bun and had a bite out of it. The cat clearly had a try. Yeah. It's like, who's feeding cats hot cross buns? And when we saw um, on a walk back earlier, and there's just where the pigeons were. Uh, mac and cheese. There's like mac and cheese and chips just all over the floor. And it's like it looks like just a full portion of food. Yeah. That It looks like somebody's just left it on the ground for the pigeons. But yeah. obviously they've clearly dropped in the pigeons have had a field day, but... It's just incredible to me walking through a city where just there's just leftover food everywhere, all over the floor. Yeah, it's like I uh, told you, I, I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole of um, <laughs> watching crap reality TV and stumbled mm. across. There's like, do you know they have the shows for dogs? Where it's like my problem, but like Caesar Milan. Mm. They have like the problem animals. And it's like they have one for cats. It's like, but cats weigh like eight pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what dam- damage can a cat do to your home? And just the one that I saw was... Like, oh, no, first, I need to tell you that he's presented by a guy called Galaxy Jackson. And oh, I'm going to bring up a picture of Galaxy Jackson. And, like, you know the only job this man could do is one that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, a job that sounds made up like I'm a cat psychologist. Mm-hmm. So, Galaxy Jackson. <laughs> oh, my God, No. <laughs> Just, he looks like a parody character. Yeah, he looks like what you like. He's bald and he's got sideburns that go down in a curl to a beak. I I can't describe the man's facial hair. Yeah, because he's got weird, almost like mutton chops that go into his goatee. Yes, and it's very very strange. But um, he's got books and um, total cat mojo. Um, uh, cat daddy. And it's just a picture oh of him with, with a cat. Just... <laughs> man, oh man. But, like, one of the episodes that he's in, and it's the show's called My Cat from Hell, and they just have, like, the thumbnail of the cat screaming in all the episodes. But it's just, like, a cat that is so fat, it can't move. <laughs> oh, no. And all it does all day is just meow for food. And it's like, it can't be that annoying. And they show you, like, it's like a 30-second clip of, like, the husband or something. It's like, yeah, I work nights, so I'm asleep all day. And all I hear is just meow, meow, meow. It's like, not that bad. And it just shows the cat, meow, 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 I really hope meow, as well. Meow, for an hour straight. It's not like the, the actual meowing noise. It's just sitting there going, meow, meow. It's just, I for an hour straight, just outside yeah. this guy's house because he's eating. And it's like, what, what do you feed it? It's, you know, just feed it cat stuff. It's like, okay. What are you feeding? Because that's the question they always ask, isn't it? You're feeding it like tuna or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And they always say, no, I just feed it normal. It's, no, what are you feeding it? That's made it like weigh 55 pounds or something like that. Because it weighs more than a small child. Oh, my God. And it's like, oh, donuts. And <laughs> Galaxy Jackson is like, you, you don't feed this cat donuts. Cats don't eat donuts. And like, this cat eats donuts. And he puts a donut down, the cat eats the donut. Oh, I was my like, God. This is where my life is. I'm watching a cat eat a donut. And a man called Galaxy Jackson oh. going, the, the, you and this cat have got bad energy. Because of course he knows about energy. Yeah. And it's like, it's amazing. I um, I will say though, that 
as small as cats are, they can cause some fucking damage. They are very vicious, yes. Like nature's perfect killing machine. Just size down. Yeah, and I remember when I um, went over to go see my girlfriend's sister at one point, and they just had like a young kitten. They said, well, it's not doing great with the furniture yet. Like it's scratching at the furniture and stuff. And like, they were like in a rented furnished apartment. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't their furniture either. They were like, yeah, we're definitely losing the security deposit though because it made us rip up the carpet in like half of the, the front hallway because basically what it had done is it had realised they'd left out that door and then clawed at the carpet in front of that door and torn it up a little bit oh, no. so that then when they tried to push the door back open, it sh- like scrapes on the carpet. It just went on the carpet and locked them out. So the cat was locked in and they were locked out because the carpet had just jammed inside the underside of the, the door and they had to push it so hard with their neighbour that it tore up all the carpet. That's amazing. The cat locked them out. <laughs> the cat's like, my house now. Just looking through it. You know what the cat did as well? It just meowed. Yeah. Like, you know, the first thing you did is went outside. It's amazing. But yeah, I, I highly recommend, like, I just love going on those YouTube rabbit holes of, like, oh, the crap that you get. Because that's how me and my girlfriend ended up just watching. Uh, pretty much just like three seasons straight of Secret Eaters. Oh, God. And yeah. Secret Eaters, folks, uh, if you've not watched it, do yourself a favor. I can't remember how many times we've brought it up on different. Because it just, it always, well, it never ceases to amaze me. The, the amount of food that people can put away. And yeah. the reason that reminded me of like Galaxy Jackson things, it's like, okay, what do you eat? And they go, you know, we have fruit and vegetables. And it's like, you weigh 25 stone. What do you eat? Yeah, and yeah. that's why the episode, they call it secret use, because you're clearly eating something or you're not aware of how much food you're putting away. So we're going to film you. We're going to follow you around. And it's like the one that I remember is a guy who made, um, I think it's moussaka, and he used an entire bottle of olive oil. Oh. And he's just... And then he sat there going, I don't know why I'm fat. Maybe because you're downing litres of oil. Yeah. Uh, the one that got me is uh, just... A, it's a casual story recollected by a doctor. Of like just how bad people are with food. Mm. So I asked the lady, so what do you normally have when you have a cup of tea? So I have a cup of tea. Everyone has one. I've got coffee right now. So like, oh yeah, I have like two, three sugars. Okay. It's probably more than you should have, but if you're mm. only having one cup of tea. No, I have like five cups of tea a day. Okay, so you're having like 15 <laughs> sugars a day then. Okay. And what do you have when you have a cup of tea? You know, it's a packet of biscuits. <laughs> so, as in, like every time. Yeah, every time. So, so she was eating five packets of biscuits a day. Holy and she shit. couldn't figure out why she was fat. See, I feel bad if I have like four or five biscuits with my cup of coffee. Yeah, I, I, That's my, one of those days where I'm having a real shit day and I need a couple of biscuits. And yeah. I'm like, four or five, I start feeling guilty. Four or five packets of biscuits a day. Yeah. It's like, it's the one Ricky Gervais joke that I actually think is somewhat funny because it's um, he tells the story about as a lady who's eats 10 pie and chips a day she lives next oh, door yeah. she lives next door to a chip shop and eats 10 pie and chips a day and she's like at a wit sense like, I don't know what to do and Ricky Gervais just says 9 pie and chips a day <laughs> and it's just the, 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 the how catch what is like not even go down to like not just, yeah. just 9 <laughs> just reduce yeah just like because 10 portions of pie and chips a day 10 pies is a lot of pies with chips on side right a portion of pie and chips, if you're getting like a big portion of pie and chips from a chippy, yeah. that's probably your daily caloric intake in one meal. In one meal, yeah. And they're doing 10 of them. 10 a day, yeah. It's like, it baffles me. It really does. And I um, I remember, I think it was on either Secret Eaters or like You Are What You Eat or something. One, one of those, those shows. shows. They're all amazing. Watch them and all. they're all incredible. And they're all, I think, they're mostly Channel 4 shows a, yeah. a lot of the time. And um, 
one of them was just this family where it's like, so what do you eat? It's like, you know, we, we have a, a hearty breakfast every day and then um, of an evening we'll have like a roast dinner and then like a bit of dessert. Like, do you have the roast dinner every day? Oh, well, no. Well, yeah. Yeah, we do. It's just dinner. our daily ritual of like, a having roast a roast dinner. dinner. There's like 4,000 calories in a roast dinner. No, no, no the, not these roast dinners, Carl. Not these roast dinners. They were clocking in at like 10,000 calories because they were mounding, mounding just a mountain of food on their plate. And they're just like, yeah, we don't really know why we're gaining so much weight yeah. when we're eating like an 8,000, 10,000 roast dinner every day. Every day. And then having, as they say, like a nice hearty breakfast and pudding as well. So for Americans, that's like eating a Christmas dinner every day. Yeah, like a, roast like a Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, similar kind of meal. And that's the one for me. Is like uh, I remember though once where I went to a Toby Carberry, which is amazing. So like, like, if you're ever in, go with Toby Carberry because don't do it. No, you got to do it. Don't do it. I went to a Toby Carberry just as um, the lunch rush was ending, so they were just putting everything away. Would you like some really, really dry meat? No, but they were giving that we could take everything we wanted. Yeah, yeah. So what I did is I remember I got an entire plate of stuffing because I love stuffing so much, and the reason I loved it is because. I just remember walking past a guy and going, look at all the stuffing that lad's got over there. It's like, <laughs> just the fact this guy was astounded at how much stuffing I'd gotten. He's like, that lad's got all the stuffing. He's having it all. It's like, wasn't, there's no one else in the queue. It's like when I went to a pub once as it was shut in and I went, Did, do you want some chips? So like, yeah. We've got, an enti- we've got some, a tray of chips that we need eating. You can have them if you want. And I was like, what do you mean a tray of chips? They came out of like a fucking shaving dish of chips. I'm like, ah, then. That's Just... what happened one time when we were at Nando's. Is, um, don't expect this all the time. But basically, someone had cooked off like two baskets of chips when we needed one portion. We needed one more portion of chips for the day. Two full they cooked off two full baskets going, yeah, but if I cook all these chips now... I won't need any more in case anyone else comes in. Nobody else came in it's in that also last as well, hour. no one wants cold chips. No, but, but they did that so they could have chips at the end of their shit. Well, no, what happened was basically they were like, uh, when it 20 minutes later when it came to shutting down, it's like, I need to chuck all these chips. What do we do with them? And the manager just turned around to like us and just basically was like, well, if you want to go around and give the customer some free chips, go and do it. And everyone was like, Oh well, I don't really want to do that. I want to. I want to like you know eat some chips. Eat some chips, and I was like, "Well, you guys take a big bowl of chips, and then I'll go round, just pour them all into as many bowls as you can. I'll just go round and hand out some free chips." Because at the end of the day, it's a bit of good customer service, isn't it? And like, yeah. but yeah, just one table absolutely lost their shit when I came over with a giant bowl of Nando's chips, and they were like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, do you want a bowl of chips?" They were like. Oh, I'm what you say? I was like, we're chucking them out free. They were like, oh my God. And they were clearly out, out, had a couple of drinks and just lost them. That's minds. the one for me that if so, uh, when that guy said you can have a tray of chips, and my mate's like, can't you just eat in a full, lin- full Sunday lunch? I'm like, yeah, but it's chips. <laughs> it's free chips. That's the thing about chi- like British people love chips so fucking much. Mm-hmm. And um, like, cause I remember it was where I grew up, Pontefract, was colloquially known as the chip pan <laughs> um, because it had so many chip pan fires. And they had to have chip pan fire safety demonstrations at oh school for kids, so kids would know what to do in case the chip pan in their house caught oh, fire. Because so many houses burnt down because people were having fucking chips. Christ almighty. Oh, it was great, yeah. I still remember a fire going off in the kitchen. And obviously we're all trained how to mm-hmm. deal with fires um, in a restaurant and stuff. And everyone panicked, including the manager. 
and then just one guy came over with the fire blanket, didn't say a word, just put it over the fire and walked away. <laughs> and he's just like, come on, come on. He's like the one of, um, uh, oh, when you get, a, what do you do if you got a pan on your stuff? It's off, like, put it in the oven. And remember someone looking like an, an idiot. Why would you do that? It's like, what's the one place in your kitchen that's designed to have something at several hundred degrees? Mm-hmm. The oven. And, and then you can like cut off the air circulation yeah. as well, yeah. It's just amazing to me that you go through all of this and then all you're told, training. like, yeah, you're working in a kitchen, expect a fire at some point. And then when even, like, the manager's like, fuck, what do we do? It's like, oh, God. That's how they get you, it's how the fire gets you. <laughs> it's one of the things I, I like about fire is how it's portrayed in media. Because they try they try and romanticise the idea. They try and make it seem more dangerous than it is. It's very dangerous, but why they... More dangerous still than just like you know fire mm-hmm. by saying like oh it's got a mind of its own oh yeah, yeah and yeah. I can't recall a specific instance of it but I want to say it's like in many films they have like fire has a mind of its own it's like no it doesn't it's fucking fire <laughs> and I think it's like backdrop where they're talking about fire and it says yeah sometimes it has a mind of its own you, you can't predict it's like you can you're a firefighter it's literally your job to mm-hmm. know what fire's going to do the fire if you are scared of it it will find you it will hunt you down it's like, it can pick the weakest one out of the pack is that they have it in uh, Deep Blue Sea where Samuel L. Jackson before he gets eaten by a shark which is amazing he has that speech where you think water's dangerous try ice because he's like his stories mm. he got caught in like a lance uh, um, avalanche, avalanche. Yeah. and he's like yeah it moves like he's got a mind of its own it's like no it doesn't also it moves downwards an avalanche is scary enough you don't have to make it so the avalanche is like haunted <laughs> it's like it's scary enough to be buried under ice you don't need to add this extra level of like just the backstory to the avalanche <laughs> this avalanche had a rough childhood yeah this avalanche has got a mind of its own it moves it knows where you are it's like no it doesn't. It just affects everything, and it's that's way scarier because mm-hmm. it's like complete, like you know, it's, a it's like it doesn't have a mind of its own. Yeah, it's just a fortress nature that will crush anything in its path. But I always love the idea, like it moves, like it's got a mind of its own. It's like you're a firefighter. You should know that. <laughs> you should not be talking like this about the thing you're like you're trained to fight. There was no way that we knew a big fire with an easterly wind would go towards the east. I just still like the idea of um, counter fire. Where you set fi- controlled fires in the path of a like wildfire, so that there's nothing for it to burn. Oh right, okay. So, so s- burn off the like escape routes of the yeah. fire, essentially. So sometimes you have like firefighters where they'll go and well, okay, we'll burn this patch of forest here so because we know we can put it out. We'll mm. burn it, put it out, and then when the fire reaches here, it'll just stop. So there's nothing for it to burn. There's nothing else to burn. Yeah, that's fair enough. And. There's that tactic, but I do like just the big old airplane or helicopter with the bucket. The giant, just hundreds of gallons of water. Just I like that one that someone did where um, there was like a wildfire and he left his sprinklers on. Okay. I'll find the picture because it's amazing, but uh, just riff for a moment. Does it just look like sprinklers trying to fight off a wildfire? Uh, No, God. Try to find it now. He left his sprinklers on. Oh, yeah, he's just fine. Sprinklers. Because that's the thing is, Fire itself is not unpredictable. Wildfires are unpredictable in the oh, yeah. sense that, like, you don't know when the fuck they're just gonna light up. It's like the amount of times they're just, oh yeah, yeah, a random forest. Just the guy just left fire. his sprinklers on when he went. Out. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just his house is fine. Uh, I love that one. And for anyone wondering, it was just a single house, just surrounded by 
just a burnt wasteland as this one house is completely fine. It's like, you're going to fail. The property value just skyrocketed. Because <laughs> you've got the literal only house left. Well, you could just sell that house as some just, you know, pro- divine protection house or something. Oh, that'd be great. It's like, I got, I got protected by God from the wildfire. Do you want my house? Oh, man. Imagine that if you could get insurance for, like, shit like that just like godly insurance godly insurance just steps in just that's the bit. that's the whole thing is you can't get godly insurance because the insurance amount of times where it's um acts of god acts of god we can't do anything it's i've lost everything my entire life possessions are gone yeah but it's act of god in it so so was... you think as well insurance like by its definition should cover the absolute most out there wild case mm-hmm. scenario ever right well you know it's just your fault for living in an area that could burn down or flood. It's like, that's a lot of places. Yeah, but I do know there's somewhere, it's like some insurance, like if you are in an area where it's pretty but they'll tell you, mm-hmm. we're not go- your coverage is going to cost a fortune because your house will burn down. Yeah. Your house will flood at some point because you're next to the water or what have you. Because I think it was a John Oliver bit where they're talking about um, just houses by the waterfront, which are really, really poorly um, uh, understood because they have like a, people misunderstand like how much effort goes into owning one mm. and they show you like um, uh, a property development type show where they sold the same house like three times because every time like the person buy, oh it's my dream home on the beach mm-hmm. it floods every fucking summer I hate it moving out and they sell it and they just keep, it keeps appearing oh on God. the show and every time they ask the person so what are you going to do about the flooding it's like it'll be fine <laughs> I find it fascinating though to see those pictures of, you know, like beachfront properties, but they're on the overlooking cliffs. What are you doing? But now they've eroded to the point where they're they are on the thinnest of edges yeah. ever. And it's a, one day your house is just going to fall off that cliff. It's, the thing is, no fuck is buying that. I'm not going to buy oh, no. a house that might fall off a cliff. No, not one bit. But it's just a waiting game at that point. Yeah. Like, do you risk it? Do you just go to bed every night? Hoping that you wake up and you're not at the bottom of a cliff dead. It's uh, it's one of those really, not funny, but it's like, you know, schadenfreude of um, old people in these giant five-bedroom houses mm. that they bought for like a steal relatively um, like 50 years ago. And now too old and too uh, frail to live in these giant houses and mm. like, maintain their upkeep. But they can't sell them to young people because the housing market's gone so crazy. Oh, right, yeah. And they're like loudly complaining, like, no one's buying my house. It's like, yeah. Because you priced everyone out of the market. Mm-hmm. And that it's like they're somehow making it everybody else's fault. Well, I want to sell my house for 20 times what I bought it for 30 years ago. But wages have been stagnant for 30 years and mm-hmm. no one can afford it. Why won't anyone buy my house? It's like, uh, there's a lot of stories like that and they're always so amusing to read. Where uh, One I wanted to bring up last week, but I forgot because I'm terrible, is uh, there was a... St- Bloomberg article, Wall Street Journal, one of those mm-hmm. um, uh, newspapers was like, um, yeah, we interviewed a lot of CEOs and they're baffled that people don't want to come back to work. What? Because uh, the story is yeah, that... A back to the office. Yeah, a lot of CEOs and stuff were expecting that when unemployment benefits ended, people would return to work because mm. the only reason they're not coming back to work is because they're getting free money staying at home. So surely when those benefits end, they're going to come back and work at McDonald's. They're going to come back and do these minimum wage jobs. It's like, and no one's taking those jobs. And they're baffled. It's like, we don't know why people aren't coming back to work. It's like, pay them more. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Every response, you just pay them more. But all these CEOs are like, we don't know what to do. 
So pay them more. So we don't know what to do. Give them improved working conditions. No. Give do, them holiday pay. We don't know what to do, Lucas. Give no, them health care. Why, no. why does nobody want to work for us? And it's so funny to see because you know that in their head they legitimately cannot see. Well, it worked before, so why doesn't yeah. it work anymore? Why won't people work for poverty wages? Why? Mm. And it's like the world has changed. What, people have fucking had enough. People have put their foot down. Like, But for them, they can't see it because they, they live in such an insulated bubble. Mm-hmm. In reality, where stuff like that doesn't even like enter their peripheral. Like, a good portion of the public has just decided to essentially all strike together. Yeah, and it's like not even through any sort of organised movement. It's just no. unilaterally people are like, fuck this. And a year and or a year and a half of people being stuck inside online or working shitty jobs and stuff and everybody just being on the same page has got got to that point where it's the straw that broke the camel's back. But just seeing the CEOs like flounder and like write articles and like do yeah. interviews about why is nobody working? It's like pay them more. But we can't think of any reason why Pay, no, we can't. There's nothing we can possibly do. We try cutting off their benefits. We call them lazy. Why won't they? And I saw one post recently where it's like, oh. oh, here's a breakdown of a bunch of like CEOs' pays at McDonald's and stuff. Mm. But you think paying somebody a fair wage is going to increase like the price of the menu by tenfold, even though. It's probably not them that are going to eat up all the money. It's the CEOs and everything. Yeah, it's like that. That's the thing of. Um... Even if you go to countries where like the minimum wage is a lot higher, like the price of stuff like McDonald's doesn't go up. But then again, not not by much. But then again, if it did, everyone's getting paid more. Yeah, you're getting paid more, so it like it evens out that way. If you're getting paid, I think because I think is it like Norway or something where the, uh, McDonald's workers get like forty grand a year, something like that, yeah. Um, some something along those lines. I'm, I'm fudging a bit of detail there, but they do get paid extraordinary. It's the um, case study a lot of people point to of like Norway's wages are exceptionally high and their standard of living is among the best. Yeah, and they. You know, they get healthcare and stuff like that, and they get very well looked after. And the menu prices there are slightly more expensive. And but guess what? Everyone's earning four times the amount of money as over here. And the service is fucking immaculate. Yeah. Because people are being paid to do a job. Like yeah. when you're getting paid that well. It's like um, uh, Aldi, mm. where Aldi, they don't pay great, but um, so I guess Americans might not know Aldi's like a big store chain. I think European they have Aldi's over in America as well. Do they? Yeah, Does it matter yeah. just make it over there? Well, they um, they pay above average, I guess. Like similar to like Costco. Mm. Like Costco, they're known for paying really, really good wages comparatively to other places in the market. And there were stories like Aldi just went during the pandemic. We need shelf stackers. People were quitting jobs as nurses and stuff because you get paid more working well, stacking yeah. shelves in I Aldi. I mean, I remember when I was earning about £6 an hour, I had a friend working at an Aldi and he was like on about £10.50 an hour or something. So it's considerably more per hour for a young person as well that's like a really really big job mm-hmm. for yeah. a, a ostensibly like no low skill job like you yeah, don't have any qualifications to go apparently work you know you, you've got to work pretty hard and pretty quick oh, I've seen how fast like, they throw those fucking yeah. things nothing prepares you for how fast <laughs> the um, uh, the tills move yeah because you're just like wait you, you've just scanned my entire basket in three seconds I wasn't prepared for this yeah because they work really well there yeah. the system that they have is like um uh, just it's this rolling system of well they don't always have the, sh- the tills man because you don't always need to have the tills there mm-hmm. and yeah people were just quitting to go work there and it's like Costco's and stuff like that. they pay really well they've got really good benefits like they've got like in-house pharmacies and all that stuff people. yeah yeah and they've like uh, consistently made a profit the entire time we've talked on the channel before about how like the CEO 
or the former CEOs, like we sell a hot dog and a drink for $1.50, you will never change the price of that fucking hot dog. Thing is, that means we technically pay more because we pay a pound fifty. Yeah. So we pay a bit more for that hot dog combo. It's still though we're getting it at cost. It's basically. still cheaper than what you would get just a syrup coke in a normal place for. Yeah. And it's like such a good deal, and it's that thing of like I've never encountered. I know a few people were there. I've mentioned it's like never a bad thing to say about it. No, no, no. Same with like Aldi's. You work hard, but you get a really decent wage for it. And you get like a discount on all the stuff. And like Aldi's got really cheap stuff as it is. Yeah. You're walking out with all these Cuthberts. Yeah, that's All the these thing. cakes. I've never really heard anyone complain about working there. Even though they mentioned, yeah, it's true. They work you very hard. But you know what? We get like paid appropriately. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like um, there is no job shit enough where people won't do it. If you pay enough or they're desperate enough. Mm-hmm. And now we're at the point where people aren't desperate anymore. Like they, I mean, re- some like, people are. Some people are, yeah. Don't get me wrong. But like, a lot of people now realize well, life could be a lot worse, mm-hmm. and they've realized like, how bad life can be. Like the pandemic, it's like, and they've just reprioritized what they think. It's like, well, yeah, I I don't need this minimum wage job because um, one of the things that I looked at is like delivery and things like that. They pay like shit. Mm-hmm. It's well known they pay like shit, but um, if you look at what you could earn doing that, it's you know about what you'd get in a crappy minimum wage job, mm-hmm. but you do set your own hours. Yeah, yeah. It's like for Uber drivers where, like, you know, it's not great money and there's like, you know, an argument to be made that they deserve to be paid more, but so just sit for a couple hours in your own car, mm-hmm. drive around for a bit. Listen to your own music quietly and just go back and forth. Like, if you don't mind driving, yeah, that's an all right job and as you say, you can set your own hours and you can work when you want to and yeah, you can have a shit night and work a Saturday night, but you'll earn a shit ton of money if you yeah. wanted to just work five hours Saturday night one night yeah and this is not me like speaking um, facetiously because I did work I worked a really bad minimum wage job for many years like literally clean toilets for a living mm-hmm. I worked in a nightclub minimum wage and then I was freelance and when I was freelance I had the same approach to life where I'm only getting paid five ten dollars a pop for these articles but I can work when I want I can mm-hmm. wake up later and I think a lot of, and I earn less money than I did at a minimum wage job or around the same if I worked really hard but I did have that choice and I think that's what's happening with a lot of people where it's just well I could go earn a little bit less but I get like 20 hours extra to myself to have to commute or whatever mm-hmm. and I think like you know as you said we've both been in situations of crappy jobs for many years and we're not trying to begrudge anyone for having those jobs or for keeping those jobs in, in this current climate it's not for anyone to tell you what to do other than yourself but it is, as you say, like that little bit of justice when you see people who are paid like millions of dollars a year to do fuck all. Like, we don't understand why people don't want to work all these shitty jobs. Yeah, the ones who've been pressing everyone's nose to the grindstone for all this time. And I saw a post recently. I think mm-hmm. it was like on Reddit or something. Okay. And it was, oh, um, look how fantastic my son is. 14 years old and already working hard at a Burger King. 14? Um, 14. Um, and it was like, he's already working, he's um, going to school, and then he's working after school, and then he's choosing to work Saturdays and Sundays and save up for whatever he wants in the future. I'm so proud of my son for having such good initiative and working at such a young age. So, so you're promoting child labour again? Basically, yeah. Because I think, what is it now? Uh, the way it was summed up is the existence of child labour laws should reassure you that capitalism is not your friend because mm-hmm. 
they need to be told it's illegal to make children work, otherwise they would. Yeah, and um, I've seen a lot of things where I think a lot of places like Burger King, McDonald's and stuff have basically started hiring 15 and 14-year-olds. Because they can pay them less. No, because they can't get anyone else. Is that it? Oh, but yeah. Yeah. They've started lowering their recruitment age because there's that few people willing to try and work those jobs anymore. And it's just, yeah. We've seen it. You can see everyone's quit. We need fourteen-year-olds to work at Burger King now. Like you can see it, like in Sheffield, where just walking around, like every single bar, every restaurant, every barber's is like, we need people. Mm -hmm. Because I think being a barber, like the barbers that I go to to get my hair cut, like there's no one there half the time, like Mm -hmm. working-wise. Why the fuck would you pay to have a chair in a barber's place when, like, I'm guessing. Throughout the pandemic, every barber and hairdresser has just had people in their inbox every day. I'll give you 50 quid to come around and cut my hair. Yeah, true. Straight yeah. in the pocket. So, well, why would I not just do that? You only mm. need, like, what, a couple, handful of clients to keep you in business doing something like that? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Why would you pay a fee to someone else so you can go to sit in their shop and stand around all day when you can just go to someone's house and earn the money? Mm. There must be so many of them doing it. It's like, yeah. um, well, far what I was saying, you were mentioning this, it's um, something that went viral a while ago. Um, there's a man called James Cox. He's very okay. upset. We've talked a lot about, during the pandemic, of just the uh, people not liking working from home mm-hmm. for some reason. Despite you not impacting them in any way and all the work getting done and all the stuff being done. And I can, af- I can appreciate why an individual won't, might not want to work at their home. Like, there are some people who don't have a good working experience at home, mm-hmm. but... I don't understand the people that are mad about the fact that some people like being at home. Yeah, well, well, James is one of those people, Mr. James Cox, and he posted this publicly, so I don't mind using his name. I'm so sick and tired of hearing candidates tell me they want to work from home. I've even found out there's an abbreviation for it now, WFH. So he's he's really not happy, and he's used a lot of exclamation points here. I've done this job for 15 years, and before COVID, I'd never heard anyone ever say to me that they want to work from home. The world experiences an awful pandemic and all of a sudden we're all entitled to work from home. This is not parody, by the way. This is the guy's legit. It's like, all we've had is a global pandemic that completely shifted and upended the way the world... every business in the world was functioning, yeah. Every facet of um, ordinary life has been changed. What? (laughs) Is that it? You want to walk from home? Why? So you don't have to get dressed at 6am, so you can save money on travel, so you can watch Loose Women on your lunch break. And for Americans, that's like just a daytime trashy talk show. Mm -hmm. And my favourite bit is, yeah, but let's keep going. I'm so tired of hearing people tell me that they won't go, they don't want to go forward for a role because it does not allow them to work from home. Come on, everyone, let's pull together. Stop the working from home nonsense and let's get Britain working again even though you're still technically working at home or whatever, working from home so you can feed the squirrels at 11am in the garden. As a nation, it seems that we've become spoiled and entitled. To be honest, it screams laziness to me. You want to doss on the sofa with your laptop in a dressing gown? Please. I'm not talking about everyone. If you're disabled or have an illness, I believe you should be able to work from home. If you're healthy and able to walk, get yourself to work and help create a working atmosphere with your colleagues. And colleagues, is spelled wrong. If any of you need me tomorrow and work from home, do not fucking disturb. And James Cox, it found out, is a fucking recruitment agent. His job title is recruitment. His whole purpose, the only job he is qualified to do, the job he says Mm -hmm. proudly is his own, is getting people into work. And you'd think part of that job would be responding to changes in the working environment. Yeah, and I only saw 
um, the one snippet, the one quote of recruitment agent says he doesn't understand why people want to work from home when they don't have to get up at 6am to get dressed, pay for travel, that was... and they can watch TV on their lunch break. Yeah, that's amazing. It's like, what, do you not want to... No, who likes getting up at 6am yeah. and spending an hour commuting, getting ready, that you're not being paid for? Like, it... I don't understand how they can't look at that sentence and, and see their problem in their argument of, well, why don't you want to get up at six o'clock in the morning, get dressed, spend a bunch of money on travel every day where it's packed as fuck when you could just watch loose women on your lunch break? Yeah, well, it's that thing, isn't it? If you just like, if your commute every morning is an hour, that's 10 hours a week you lose. Mm-hmm. You lose 10 hours a week, so two weeks, every, every two weeks you're losing essentially a full day. Mm-hmm. And realistically, 10 hours is a full day because, you know, most people are only active for about 10 to 12 hours anyway. So every yeah, week yeah. you're losing one full day of your life. To a shitty commute that's costing you money. Yeah, it's actively costing you money every time. You don't time get paid for that commute in time either. So by the end of the year, you're losing arguably you know, a month's worth of day. Mm-hmm. Time that could be spent doing anything else. Like active time. Yeah. yeah. Like time when you're awake and active and doing stuff in the world. It's like, and the guy, he can't get it. No, it's amazing. She look at it and go, how, "How are you not getting this?" It's like, why do people want to work from home? Because you don't have to commute. It's and like because you don't have to wear uncomfortable clothes all day. You're in your own home. You're very comfortable. Yeah, you you're in a comfortable spot, and you know what? You can work around like errands and stuff. You can be at home for parcels to get delivered and shit like this. Your kids. Like, that's the one as well. A lot of people. It's like kids, mm-hmm. childcare. Yeah, but no, Carl. Why don't they want to strap on a suit at six a.m. and get to work? And yeah, my favourite part about this is this is a, a thing that keeps happening because I think it was a couple months ago we had that article we broke down where it's like, um, uh, oh, why we should get back to the office? It's like the daily commute is a moment to unwind. That, that's yeah. an argument that's still happening. I want to say like two, three weeks ago there was another article where someone was arguing that the daily commute is important for people. Humans need the daily commute because to unwind. They, they need it to yeah unwind and think about the process of their day. It's like fuck off, absolutely go do one. It's like their argument is like you. We need our worker bees to just be complete. Like when your argument for why you want people working in the office is office life is so stressful that you need an hour a day to just decompress. Apparently, yeah. that's that's that says a lot about the working conditions that you're instilling on people that your argument for why they need to travel to and from is that they need to mentally prepare themselves. Also, I really want to know, have these per- like people ever commuted on public transport at rush hour? No, never. Because, like, I don't... Oh, it's time to decompress and think about your day. No, it's time to get crammed on a fucking train where you're probably not going to get a seat and be hot and sweaty and just feel awful and stressed out. It's every single one of these stories is written by someone whose daily commute is five minutes. Mm-hmm. Or someone who can telecommute to the office because they own it. Yep. It's always like a, a big Dixie or someone who's like, um, their travel time is comped. Yep. So that's the like, one of, like, oh, this recruitment agent probably getting there in his company car that's five minutes away from, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it baffles me. That's It baffles me, not just how they can't see it because their world view is like so 
narrow. They are completely... Like, that guy is completely unable to see the appeal. He literally made an argument for working from home while saying, I don't understand why people yeah. don't want to be at the office. No, that you don't have, You get an extra hour in bed every single morning. You can walk around in your PJs. You can watch TV. Yeah. And the, you, that's my favourite And part. still get the same work done. And still get the, and to get the clarify, same, yeah. And get the same wage. Yeah. And that's the argument a lot of companies try to make. It's like, oh yeah, you're going to have to take a reduced wage. And I think there's a lot of people out there where I'd take a reduced wage. I mean, I don't know whether many people would, but... They'd be pissed off about it, but I think... If the, you gave them the offer of like, well, for a grand less a year, you can work from home, well, a lot of okay. people might take it. But that's not trying to give any companies no, any ideas. Realistically, it should be the other way around. You've got to pay me more because of like, you know, all that time we just talked about. Because mm-hmm. uh, it is expected there's going to be some time taken. I think we talked like uh, a while ago about like where I had a boss like you've got to turn up 15 minutes early and mm-hmm. it was an argument every single day. I turned up for work like you need to be in 15 minutes early. It's like you're not paying me. And, it was just, and they just couldn't get it into their mm-hmm. head. They couldn't understand why someone didn't want to turn up when they're not being paid and they couldn't understand why they couldn't force me to do it mm-hmm. because everyone else did. It's like, well, no, I don't need this job. I, I write, my primary income is writing where I yeah. get to set my own hours. I'm not falling for this. Like when I was 18, yeah, you could have mm-hmm. got me, but I'm, I'm in my 20s now when I was um, working those jobs. You're not going to scare me into coming to work I know you can't do anything. And I've had jobs where it's been, yeah, that half an hour early and stuff like this and it's just, absolutely piss off just i'm glad that people are realizing that they are worth more than these companies it's are telling so, them. it's so funny mm-hmm. it's so funny to see it all break down because they don't understand they can't like they don't know what to do no they're just sat there it's like why are people working these jobs it's like pay them more do it <laughs> it's oh, so good well so what's the like what's the next one you think is going to happen like what's the industry you think is going to like break over this because there's a couple that are like on their knees. Well, there's there's like fucking supposed food shortages and shit coming to the UK, isn't there? Because people are just not wanting to drive. Yeah. And we can't get any foreign drivers because they're basically like, well, you put yourself in this shit. Go fuck off. Well, I can speak to that my brother, um, uh, my younger brother, he works as a mechanic for mm. a trucking company. So he repairs trucks and he's like, we've been getting no business. Like, mm. Business has just completely stagnated. And the story, people who maybe aren't familiar with it, is that uh, there is a shortage of around 100,000 drivers for just like heavy goods vehicles in mm-hmm. the UK. So trucks, lorries, that sort of thing, whatever word you want to use for it. And these shortages are meaning that like drivers are in such high demand that they are basically getting like a king's ransom yeah. for their time. So they can just do whatever the fuck they want. Like they are the most in demand resource um, at the moment for companies and the problem is like you can't get more because training to be a truck driver is like a massive ball like, mm-hmm. you, know, like, you might be driving like 20 fucking thousand pounds of um, uh, stuff down a motorway you've got to have a license for them my brother was talking he's been for years trying to get his HGV license and his company will not let him get it because they oh, right. know the instant they let him have it he's going to quit mm-hmm. because and- before the pandemic truck drivers were always in demand and now they're especially in demand because there's so much less of them, because they'll all just quit. Yeah, and I think the big issue right now, especially like obviously in the UK, is that a lot of both the delivery service, like the the drivers, and the actual like you know food production companies yeah, and, and food pickers and stuff like that. It's a um, all seasonal workers that come over from the EU 
But since we've left the EU and Brexit has happened, they've all been like, well, no, fuck off. We're not coming to help now because you did this to yourself. Yeah, and my brother was talking that basically they reduced the... Um, uh, the, not the wait time but they've changed the license now so it's now a dual license where mm. you need to have a specific license for one type of truck and another less for another it's like it's now the same license because mm. they just want to like you know push them all through and um, the way it's, he was just telling me he's like yeah um, if I could do it tomorrow I would Yeah, because I my cousin uh, who my brother speaks to quite a lot he said yeah he quit working in a hospital because he works as a truck driver now because he got his license in the uh a couple of years ago and just never didn't like being on the road for a long time but mm. after working in a hospital during a pandemic it's like you know what I think I like the idea of being sat just yeah. on my own in a cab for a couple hours a day just listening to the radio yeah but um, I mean uh, right now the world is falling apart and especially the UK is falling apart yeah well that's the one you said there's 100,000 drivers missing and um, the uh, the as you mentioned, there's a we used to get a lot of our drivers from the EU because they could just drive over here. Mm-hmm. So you see, if you're a driver, like you might be making a delivery from, say, France to the and United Kingdom. They didn't need separate work visas to be driving over here as part of their job and stuff yeah, like because that. Because companies well. were able to do that. Like, you know, drivers can shift between companies a lot of like logistics there. And then it was last year, I think on Christmas Day. I think it was around Christmas. Did you ever see the pictures of Dover? What they had to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, for anyone who doesn't know, last year around Christmas time, uh, so when there's a lot of deliveries happening, um, Brexit happened, which created a hard border for between the European Union and Britain. About, I want to say, two to 3,000 delivery trucks just got stranded. They're in mm-hmm. limbo. Yeah. Uh, where they can't leave. And because of COVID, they especially couldn't leave. So, what they did is they reopened a disused airport and made them all park on the runway and just wait there and they were there for two weeks without food without water without toiletries and takeaway companies and um, just members of the public were handing them food and water through the fences because they weren't letting people in or out and they essentially just left these people in there over christmas yeah for like two weeks without food water or like toiletries anything like that and then told them to fuck off back to where they'd come from and now a year later, they're wondering, why does no one want to come over? It's like... <laughs> I fucking wonder, eh? <laughs> Just, oh, it's so good. And your favourite part about it is, the visas that they were offering to issue were for three months. And you had to pay money for them. Yeah. Well, why the fuck would you come over to the, like, to the UK, work for three months, near Christmas, when mm. you know what happened last year, when this same problem is happening all over Europe, and you can go work everywhere? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think about the trucking industry is like on its ass at the moment. It is, yeah. And have you got anything like less depressing to talk about? <laughs> well, it's all right for some, some of my, my cousin. He's earning a mint. He's earning money, money hand over fist. Well, that's great. But if we don't have any food over Christmas, Carl, what are we going to spend that money on? Well, we were out of petrol for a bit. Did you see that? Well, we weren't out of petrol. It's just that everyone made us out of petrol. Because people thought, but did you see there was a great story? I think it's, uh, it sums up just, just Brexit. And it was... People were following around a mortar truck. Oh my god! It's just a, a truck full of mortar for a delivery uh, for a building site. They were following it around, thinking it had petrol in it, asking the guy for his petrol. He's like, "I ain't got petrol in here." It's just the idea, of just chasing something, asking them for petrol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, they basically there was a panic about there being a petrol shortage, which created a petrol shortage. Which because everyone went out panic buying petrol, petrol it became a shortage. Oh my. 
Do you see the shit people were doing? Like that happened in America as well. People were filling up plastic bags. Oh with, with yeah, petrol. I saw that. And they had to. I think it was. I forget what government agency it was. That's to issue a tweet, and it's like so dystopian. Of please don't put petrol in plastic bags. It's really mm. dangerous. No, I um, I went out to my sister's the other week, and my mum was just like, "Oh, I need to go try and find some petrol before everyone buys it all up. Like, can someone come with?" So I went with her. We spent like an hour driving around as a tank slowly was emptying out, trying to find petrol. Eventually, just had to drive back to my sister's and be like, "I guess we're gonna have to use someone else's car when things calm down to try and find more petrol." But like, I think they ended up waiting all night to go later on when there must have been like less some people. kind of delivery and like less people there. And it was just like they had to travel miles to go fill up a jerry can to get some fuel in a car. And the amazing thing about that is, right at the start of the pandemic, did you see? Which petrol has a very short shelf life; it can only really be sold for like you know, it's a, I think, a couple of months, if that. Mm. Um, which fun fact is why every zombie movie is wrong. Every zombie movie where they show cars working after anything more than three months is wrong because the petrol got out. Oh right, okay, yeah. right. And uh, anyway, it got to the point where petrol was literally free the price of petrol dropped or oil i guess like mm. dropped so low that they were paying people to take it because the cost of storing it was, was way more expensive than actually because normally the supply cost it is but like when no one's going anywhere no one wanted it so the demand utterly just dropped so but now the opposite thing has happened of oh everyone's buying it well we're gonna whack a 30 pound limit on and make it double the price it's like okay cool yeah. So I remember that happened in the 90s. Do you like recall the petrol shortage of the 90s? Not much. There was a petrol shortage of the 90s and um, like that didn't really affect my family too much because my mum and dad both worked for the government. Oh, right. Social workers. And I remember the neighbours like giving them fucking grief for it when they could fill up their car. Because they, they got like a car that let them go and get mm. petrol. Like you could go to the front of the queue. It's like, well, yeah, I work for the government. I need to get to work. And the neighbours were like giving them fucking grief over it like you what you stealing petrol like, no i work yeah i've got a job that's important like do you not want kids to get rehomed no carl they don't i love those ones where it's like you know all those arguments of you the horrible shit going on in texas with like the abortion bans and stuff oh, and it's man. like yeah bring up a, lucas let's talk you no, no, five no. minutes ago let's talk about something no i just want to briefly mention okay. it of like the people going well you you should just be adopting all these kids if you can't have them. Like, give birth to them and put them up for adoption. Mm-hmm. It's not fair on the child. It's like, well, would you adopt one? Well, no. Well, someone there will. It's like, but your argument completely falls apart when all of you were stood there going, well, everyone will adopt these kids and none of you will adopt any of them. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a similar thing um, actually happened. Like, you know, bringing it back to uh, the concepts like bad reality TV and lighting the mood a little bit. Yeah, let's Me do and my that. girlfriend, we like watching Trash TV, as everyone knows, because mm-hmm. I mention it all the time. But one of the shows we watch is Don't Tell the Bride. Can Don't... confirm that Carl's literally in the middle of watching Don't Tell the Bride. Don't Tell the Bride, which is basically they get the husband to plan the wedding instead of the wife. And it's a really funny show because it's just... It's so obviously edited to make the boyfriend, fiancé look really bad. Yeah, and it's also, as I said to you behind the scenes, like they get given a certain amount of money and are only allowed to spend it on certain things to make sure the drama occurs. Yeah, like they don't give enough money for the Hindu. I don't think they allow any money for the Hindu. They have to pay out of pocket for that, for example, or something. Something along those lines to make it always be like, 
the drama of the woman getting the shit Hindu and he doesn't care about her. And then the, the husband gets like basically I think it's a thirteen grand budget and they spend well I'm gonna spend a thousand pounds on a stag do because mm-hmm. fuck it, I've got a thirteen grand burning hole in my pocket. And one of the things that I noticed on the show is a guy, very um, uh, wisely, he buys a second-hand ring. He buys a second-hand engagement ring from a guy. My girlfriend's like, I can't believe you bought a second-hand ring. Like, why is that a bad thing? It's like, that's just bad. You don't do that. Like, but no one's going to know. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. So when the girlfriend sees it, she's like, oh my God, this is beautiful. How did he afford this? Because like, he got it second-hand. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of an argument I had with an ex-girlfriend many years ago now. Uh, where she told me, if I you ever marry me, well, this is after like three weeks of dating, mind you, you need to get a ring that's worth at least two grand. I'm like, fuck off. I'll get you one second hand. She's like, I'm not getting one second hand. Man. And like, the argument was, she said like, and I was like, why would I pay two grand for a ring? Mm-hmm. For one? And she said, well, they do hold their value. I said, like, would you get a second hand one? No. Yeah. Exactly. So the, the argument that you're having that oh, it's, it's worth the money because no one buy, gonna buy oh, a second Oh, it's an hand. investment call. No, it's not because it's, no if you ever want to sell it, A, well, that's a bit shit because that means the marriage is fucked. Yeah, but no one buys a second hand. And B, yeah, yeah, no one buys them and they buy them at such a reduced price that because you're no not one getting them. your money back. And that's what that guy did. It's like really smart of him to do it. So yeah. And my girlfriend was like, I don't like that. It's got bad juju. I'm like, no, think of it this way. You think of it as you're actually going to fulfil a broken promise. So, oh, that's a cute way of doing it. Exactly. Second hand ring, done. <laughs> but like, that... And also, when you're on a strict budget for a wedding, like £13,000 is not much for a wedding. I think the not average, for a wedding now. I think the average wedding cost in the UK is about 20 25 grand, grand 20 25 about maybe. Right, yeah. Yeah. And um, So you're on a, a pretty strict budget and then, you know, what you're doing is you're able to buy a nice ring second hand so that the money can go into... Things that you can't get secondhand or cheap, like fucking nice venues. Yeah, and one of the things that I liked about that is if you can tell, it's one of those things where the girl's like, it better be a nice ring, it better mm. be a nice ring. And when it was nice, she was happy. Like, I bet if she watched this episode back and found out it's secondhand, she'd throw a fucking fit. Mm-hmm. So what, you didn't buy it brand new? Why does it matter? You liked it before, you knew how much it cost. So I've, I've experienced that in real life plenty of times. Like I think um, uh, I've got, you know, I've known people who are quite superficial in regards to clothing and things like that oh right yeah and I remember I'd, I'd buy plain shirts all the time like decathlon for like two pounds mm-hmm. gym shirts workout shirts and I remember saying, that's a really nice t-shirt like, where'd you get I went decathlon like, he's, you see his face immediately changed mm-hmm. when he knew that the t-shirt cost two pounds yeah but prior to that I said, oh that's a nice fitting t-shirt where'd you get it from I got it from a sports store it's just like you know a plain basic t-shirt the instant he knew he didn't cost a lot of money suddenly it's bad mm-hmm. or the moment when someone finds out that you went to like a, a store to get something secondhand, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, it's it's weirdly framed though, isn't it? Because you can go to a vintage store, yes, and suddenly it's worth a lot because it's nice and use the word vintage. But if you go to like a charity shop and you got a jacket secondhand, it's like, well, you got that from a charity shop. It's like, well, yeah, because that money's going towards charity. There's like and a helping weird, out a charity, but yeah, there's a weird like stigma attached to it. Like the sofa we're sat on right now, which I hope you can confirm is a very comfortable, big. Leather sofa, yeah, fifty pounds from a charity shop mm-hmm. to get a similar one, brand new from like any of the stores, like two and a half grand easy. Yeah, yeah, and they got it for fifty quid, and it's just that thing, isn't it? And it was delivered, and they brought it all three flights of stairs. It is that weird, like label that we put on things of, well, 
yeah, it, it's cheap because the charity is just kind of trying to get as much money as they can. Yeah. And they realistically don't want to ask people for hundreds of pounds for these things because they're donated. It was the same argument made earlier of like, no one wants it, so they have to sell it really cheap. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but if you slapped a sign on this sofa and went, yeah, I got it from a vintage store, it's like easy grand. But b- because you just change that label on it. To say it's authentic, yeah. Yeah. Because you know this sofa is probably like 20, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And easy. easy. It's from some old person's house. Change change the wording, change the association in people's head, and all of a sudden something holds value. That's the Shakespeare quote, that rose by any other name. Oh, yeah. That's the one. It's, mm-hmm. But um, it still smells just as sweet. But the reason I want to talk about it, don't tell the bride, because we've been having a conversation about it in private, but mm-hmm. the we show, I think we've established the, the premise quite well, just husband gets given money, or fian- male fiancé gets given money to plan a wedding yeah, for his bride-to-be, and drama happens. Yeah, and it's always wife disappears without any input for three weeks. It's amazing. And then the groom and presumably normally the best man yeah, or best spend man. three weeks planning it all without any input from the females. Yeah. And um, it's one of those shows where like they try so hard to make the guy look bad. Yeah. They edit it's so obvious if you've like, you know, got an eye for that sort of thing. Like, they are editing these to make the man look bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you actually break down what they do and what they have and what they're being asked to do, like, most of them are a fucking triumph. However, there were ones like the one we just watched today. Yeah, which are bad. That are straight up bad. They did not think a single thing through. They were very selfish, blah, blah, blah. And there's some way you go, no, they're, they're framing it in a bad way, but they're doing something quite nice and thoughtful. And there's others where it's like, you're just being a moron. Yeah, like bish bosh job done. Mm-hmm. But um, the one of the things I really don't like about the show, and it's something that um, it only comes up after I want to say like, three seasons, because my girlfriend binged a shit ton of it, was um, what they do is while the boyfriend, I can't say boyfriend, the fiance is looking at venues and stuff and dresses, mm-hmm. they'll they'll take the bride out, the bride to be. Okay, what's your dream venue? And yeah. They'll go. And we saw one earlier that visible, like not audibly made us both laugh. Well, yeah, we both yeah. laughed out loud when we saw it. It's like, oh yeah, this is Kerry from Who Gives a Fuck. And she just wants a simple wedding. And she goes, yeah, I'd like a simple rustic wedding. And they pan to a venue that looks like it costs like 20 grand. Yeah, it was like a really nicely decorated barn with loads of like nice tables and you know, all the fairy lights and the centerpieces looking really fantastical and stuff. And as someone who used to work in venue in, because that was what I used to work for the university for their venues team, mm-hmm. that would cost easily like 20 grand. Yeah, that, that shit is not cheap. It might sound cheap because you're like, well, it's just a barn. But because it is such like a hard thing to find a nice barn with a nice rustic feel yeah. for that perfect like rustic outdoorsy kind of wedding, those venues are so expensive and so sought after. And they're all books out. Books mm-hmm. out. And that's what I think after like three seasons of watching the show, like they have the bride go on these places. This massive, massive event hall. So, oh yeah, no, somewhere like this would be nice. I hope he gets me something like this. And just one of the bridesmaids says, places like this are booked out two years in advance. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's going to get something like this. And she's like, well, we better. So how, how do you expect him to... To clarify, those three weeks that they get given are the three weeks before the wedding day. Like yeah. the last day is the wedding occurring. So you can't even book any of these nice wedding venues three weeks before a wedding. Yeah. Unless, you know, some somebody dies absolutely lucky and goes the moment you've just come in to look at this venue yeah someone died someone died or someone like called off the wedding or whatnot and some of the like the workarounds that people find are actually really good 
Like, there's a couple I've seen where like the husband, like they really do you stretch the budget really thin. Like one that I liked was, um, and it, I I like the guy because he stuck to his guns. Where his thing is like I don't want a big wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wedding is for my family to celebrate my love for my wife. That's all I want. So he buys like a four pound um, leotard with a tutu dress for his wife. Oh, okay. And like he, his entire wedding is just a competition between the two families, and he gets like a giant inflatable assault course. Mm-hmm. He gets a shit ton of food, a load of drinks, and books out like an entire field, and that's what he does. And when the wife gets the dress, she throws an absolute hissy fit, mm. and all the bridesmaids like calling him on the phone, like you need to sort this out. Like, there's a theme. It'll yeah. make sense when you get there. No, you need to sort this out right now. It's like there's a theme. Trust me, it'll make... And they're just giving him so much shit over it. It's like, he thought about it so much. And then you yeah. see him breaking it all down and all the planning that goes into it. And it's like, no, because I've not got a white dress. Because a white dress wouldn't work for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. This will be the most memorable day of your life. And did she wear the tutu in the end? She did, yeah. She was really upset until she arrived. Saw the venue. See, he's wearing one as well. Mm, yeah. And he's got like a leotard that looks... Or like a morph suit that looks like a suit. Oh, right, okay. And it's like a big wet and slipper slice. Okay, we're going to race to the aisle. Mm-hmm. The aisle is at the end of this. We've got to race down. Because <laughs> I think um, I saw like Jenna watching it and I came into that moment with the tutu. Yeah. And I hadn't watched the episode, but all I saw was that two-minute clip of her just giving absolute guff down the phone of like, fuck you, she's not wearing the tutu. You're an awful person. Yeah, you've ruined the wedding. Yeah. And one of the things that I like, they constantly do that and... One thing that struck me struck me though is that every single time they have this, they'll like they'll have like the vignette of the boyfriend, the the wife, saying what she wants from a wedding, and every single time, white wedding in a church, mm-hmm. no deviation. Maybe like some of like maybe not in a church, maybe like you know a different kind of venue. It's I want a big white dress, white wedding. I want to be treated like a princess on the day, and that's it. Yeah, every single it's like they're so fucking boring, and then mm-hmm. men come on. What do you want? I want a wolf. I want a wolf <laughs> to carry my rings down. It's like, at least he's got some personality. Yeah. At least he's got like, there's something interesting there. Like, that's a wedding that people are going to talk about. Remember. However, that one was great because you just saw his best friend slowly losing his shit and he wasn't kicking off. But every time he made any suggestion, the groom was just like, no, no, no. I've thought about this. Just stop getting stressed. I've thought about this. I've thought about this. And then... You just see slowly he gives up and yeah. he stops even he stops even questioning anything anymore. Because and he, he knows just, he's not gonna listen. He's like, yeah, mate, it's great, whatever. <laughs> it's so good. It's great, and you just see like the soul leave his body, <laughs> and then on the day of the wedding, all of his plans go horribly wrong. Yeah, he, he saves it all to the last it's minute. It's shit weather, and he hasn't set the wedding up, and they have to abandon the, the ceremony venue, and the guy he doesn't he doesn't give him any go for it. He's just like. The, the weather's fucking ruined everything and we didn't have a backup plan and it all went wrong. Yeah, and he's just best man looks at him and is like, yeah, I told you. Yeah. But I, because the, it's so funny to see because just every time it's like, yeah, I just want, you know, something simple, something small, pans to fall, like four and a half grand wedding dress, mm-hmm. 20 grand venue. And it's like, oh, what did he do for a stag do? He sent us to the pub and bought some drinks. Because, yeah, like, it's like, how much money did he put behind the bar? Well, he put some money behind the bar for you, not none of my friends. She's there with like you know thirty of her closest mm. friends. Like if we put fifty quid behind the bar for every person there, that's like half a grand of the budget gone. Then I, all the venue and booking. I do remember. Out. I swear there was one though where he spent like 
all of the money on a stag do. Yeah, I they, remember that one. They did like a three day bender, uh, bender in like Malaga or something like I that. that one. And he took like eight of his friends on a three day bender. I didn't plan anything for the Hindu, and it's all oh, that's rough. So I think I remember that one. She calls him. It's like, where are you right now? And can you like thumping techno <laughs> in the background? It's like we're not doing anything for my Hindu. Like, no, 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 no. My favourite ones though. Well, um, don't worry, I'm not doing much either. Boo, boo, boo. The ones that I like though, are like the guys when they think of everything, but the girlfriend doesn't think they do. Mm-hmm. So they're there, like, and you can see it, they're trying to pick a hole in what they've done. Mm-hmm. And one of the episodes we watched, though, the guy, he thought of everything. Like, on the day, when she sat there, I bet he's not got hair and makeup. I bet he forgot about that. No, Knock on right door, yeah. hair and makeup person here. I'm here to do your hair and makeup. Well, I bet he didn't get a car. 30 minutes later, car rocks up. It's like, I'd, I'd hate to be married to these yeah. women. These women sound awful. I did see one where it was um, ringing up on the day, and he hadn't even mentioned it. He, he had forgot about the hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but one of your mates is a makeup artist, isn't she? Okay, did you buy her any makeup to do my hair and makeup? Well, no, she's got it, hasn't she? <laughs> no, I'm at her house and she doesn't have makeup supplies at her house. Like, he's just clearly just, ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. I didn't even conceive of hair or makeup yeah. and just made it up as I went along. But they're like the ones where they get everything right and the person still complains. Yeah. And they're going, I can't believe this, can't believe this. I can't believe you didn't read my mind and get the exact dress I want. But I, always, I said earlier to you, didn't I? I was like, I don't know what is involved in this. But if it was me and I was going on this show, I would sit down with my girlfriend and go, look, let's talk about what kind of theme you'd want. Let's talk about what elements of a dress you like and dislike. Yeah. And what elements of a venue you'd like and dislike. And at least have an educated guess when I'm looking at these, you know, pre-owned dresses or like low-end dresses and whatever do you want sleeves do you want a ball gown dress do you want a mermaid dress like just the basics down well the thing is as well i think i said in response to that the kind of men they get on these shows even if they knew that they wouldn't remember exactly they wouldn't give for the most part they'd sit there yeah yeah yeah, uh, white dress right right okay got it we saw one where the first dress the model tried on it was just a pre-owned dress and he went well yeah it's got like a shape and that on it so, jobs are good and get that one. It's like, for fuck's sake. That's how it's done. Fish bosh job done. 20 minutes, wedding dress sorted. Who needs 18 Rest months? the day in pub. Who needs sorted. 18 months of That's my favourite bit as well. When like the when the bride's leaving and she's like, don't get drunk with your friends. And it's like, and then voiceover, um, oh, uh, Thomas is going to his friend Darren's and he opens the door he's like, busy! <laughs> it's like, so good. Just all they do is get pissed. Like that moment as I was watching them get drunk and plan the wedding is my favourite part. Mm. I want them to make an entire show out of that. Just like a guy's like, what, what's your plan, mate? And he's got a beer in his hand. He's like three deep. He's like wolf, a wolf, wolf. It's like give that man all the all the money. Oh, I found it hilarious as well because there was one we were watching where I just pointed out, oh well, the bridesmaids are screaming at this guy on the wedding day at eight o'clock in the morning. And instead of helping, the best man just cracks open a bottle of JD and starts drinking his straight. <laughs> it's because he can't be asked. He's done three weeks of that shit. Oh, it's just this guy goes, well, I could try to help out. Or just, I'm going to crack off of this bottle of JD. There's half a bottle of JD on this table right here. I know what I'm doing. I'm fucking done. I'm not arguing about this anymore. And I 
all of those shows of that ilk are amazing. And but like watching them in a row, you do notice the patterns in both the editing because obviously they want to edit it down to like half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, although some episodes aren't long, if they really fuck up and they're amazing. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing you notice is like there's a trend with the people that go on these shows. Oh they're, yeah, they're mostly all young, and they're mostly all northern. And because like, it's generally speaking, the people who go, well, if we want to get married, there is no other way we're going to afford this. Yeah, we have to do something like, like par- go on a, a show because our parents can't pay for it, and we haven't got the savings. And one of the things my girlfriend like noticed, they said, "Oh no, that makes me really sad." Because in the little intro bits, they say, "Oh, so how did you meet?" And it's always like. Oh yeah, like we met at a club. Okay, so they met at a club. And it's like, oh, I wasn't really into him at first. And it's like, okay, and then it smash cuts. And it's like, oh yeah, and then it's like, oh yeah, Darren. Like he, he didn't really want to settle down, and then it just like, but now he's a committed family man. It's like, oh, he got pregnant. Yeah, and he'll and he'll cut, and it's like they've got like two, three kids or something like that. And it's like, yeah, that's why he's getting married. And you'll yeah. see like the instant he's away from like the wife. And like another you know, kids, he immediately resorts to being a lad again, mm-hmm. and like you can see in his eyes, like that's all he wants. Yeah, like, he's absolutely like when they're on the stag do and they're absolutely in their element. It's like, like uh, yeah, and it appeals to a very certain type of person, as you said, and just it's amazing television. The amount of times when it's just, uh you accidentally had a kid. They can't say it, but it's so obviously implied yeah. by like, yeah, he wasn't really into me, and like you know, but then. We settled down, so no, you got pregnant. Yeah, we were, we were, you know, kind of an on and off, bit of a casual thing, and then um, one day we decided it it just felt right together. Is that is that the day that you looked at the pee stick and it said that you were having a baby? Oh man, it's so good. And what? you know, I'm not begrudging people for staying together as a couple, like from a kid, but it's, it's what, just so plainly obvious what is going on. And as well, it was it's so common. Like, yeah. I want to say, like, a third of the people on that show of that exact relationship mm-hmm. is, like, played out at the beginning. And my girlfriend says, it's kind of sad that you can see. Uh, she pointed out, like, they always have a bit at the beginning where they have, like, a tearful goodbye. And she, I, I think the only reason I have to put this scene in is because if it wasn't in the show, you wouldn't think this couple likes each other. Because you wouldn't think of... they give a shit. Because every single one is, oh, look. Man is stupid, woman is overbearing. I wonder how this is going to play out. Yeah. Don't be a moron, bye! And it's like, the man is completely oblivious to the wants and needs of his wife. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they're portrayed like absolute children. In Every some cases, like, yeah. one we watched yesterday, one was in the background, like the guy can't make a frozen pizza. Yeah. Like, he's legitimately confused about how to make a pizza. It's and like, he's joking, going like, oh, I normally get my wife to tell me the instructions on it. It's like, the instructions are... Turn your oven on and whack a pizza in. It's they're not written. Hard. They're written on the box he's holding, and he can't figure it out. And he's he's legitimately confused about how his own oven works. And I'm legitimately confused about how people like that get through life. Well, they do because they just have a wife or a girlfriend or a mother who picks up after them. Yeah, and like you know, I'm not not perfect, and I'm not the most responsible of per- people or the most mature of people. But when I'm you know, setting my myself on their grading pattern. It's yeah. like, oh god. It's like I always say to my girlfriend, it's like you got the last perfect man. You got the la- you got the last good man in existence because like every- the last one. Yeah, every time she watches this show, it's like this is what like, is this what British men are like? This is what British lads are like. And if you went to a club right now, there'd be like a hundred guys like this. Yeah, yeah, all of them because that's where they all met. Like mm-hmm. Every single one that like, we met at a house party or we met at a nightclub. To be fair, I met my girlfriend that night. Fair enough. It's, like, it's the same for everyone. It's like, that show is so good. 
and you can like you can tell it's popular because they've got like the variate. There's so many variations of it, mm-hmm. and like there's the new one now. It's like what ninety day fiance. Oh, I've not seen these ones. That's a, that's oh. one that's been on my list for a while. But the one that I'd like is dinner dates. Do you watch dinner dates? I've seen first dates. Do you not watch dinner dates? No. Okay, so dinner dates is uh, it's a really quite interesting concept for a dating show. It is you don't you look at a menu. Mm. Oh, so, sorry. People want to date. Look, uh, set a menu. Okay. I'm going to cook you this meal, and the person on the show picks one of the meals. Oh right, okay. and they pick three out of five. Which so you don't pick the people; they pick the meals. They pick the meals. Yes, like what looks interesting. Like some people like put they put puns on there, mm. or like you know they'll do something like like um, reference their culture, or like, you know for some you know their personality, mm-hmm. or something like that. And you pick that, and uh, it's great as well because they pick three out of five, which means two people don't get a date straight away. I mean, okay, before you lay down the rest of this show, okay. What would be the meal that you would prepare? See, this is the conversation me and my girlfriend had about this. Because she was like, yeah, I think I'm really good at cooking. I forgot what she mentioned now. She, she says one thing she cooks really well. Fuck, she'll be mad at me for not remembering this. Either way, like she put a lot of thought into it. I'm like, well, mm. I'm going I'm I'm to write jokes. Because I, I reckon <laughs> once, the, once the girl is there, yeah. and I'm talking, if sparks start flying, it's a conversation that's going to save the evening, not the meal. I like how Carl has no faith in his cooking. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I don't honestly know what I've cooked. So there's only a couple mm-hmm. things that I think I can cook quite well. Yeah. Like I can cook fish. Like, you know, you just go for a boring ass chicken dinner. Mm-hmm. No one's going to complain at a chicken dinner, but like, that's not going to really entice someone to come. So I think I'd just like go for some like, homemade fish and chips. Fair, yeah. Something like something like, you know, rustic, wholesome, but like just caught like big fucking whack off piece of fish. <laughs> Put that on the menu. Yeah. Like whack off piece of fish and a giant portion of chips. Because like someone who looks at that and goes, yeah, that sounds like me. That's the kind of person. I don't want to date, but that's fair. So, what do you do? Is there anything you can actually cook? Uh, yeah, I, I can cook. I think fairly well. Um, a lot of the time, you know, following recipes and stuff, and yeah. like doing that. But uh, yeah, getting a bit of experience over time, and like, I would. I mean, that's the thing. I might make something a bit like hearty, as you said. Like, um, I was thinking maybe like a lasagna or something, but I know that people always tell me that my mashed potato is really good. Mm-hmm. So my, maybe I would go for something like a bit more like rustic, like, oh, some really nice bangers and mash with like proper homemade gravy and yeah. stuff like that. Or, um, yeah, or something nice like, um, I could make some Nando's chicken wings, couldn't I? You could do that. That would reflect my culture as a person. <laughs> Just working there long enough that it's become part of me now. There's like a bunch of stuff you could do, but I, I like the show because one, it's like it's quite a rarity for a dating show where they get the entire spectrum of people on it. Mm-hmm. Like most dating shows, like young people, but sometimes they'll have like oh people in their forties, even like older. So you know, like there is a divorced dad of one who mm-hmm. wants to get back into dating, put him on the show, and they pair them with people around the same age who look at the same kind of people, and um, just it's really wholesome sometimes to just see like a woman like I'm really good at cooking, like, you know just want to have a date and it's just that you'd see these two people have just like a really awkward first date in their house and I always remember the absolute legend on it where the girl's asking him so when's the last time you went on a date yesterday because he's obviously on the show isn't yeah. he so he's, he's yeah. done three in a row <laughs> they keep well the reason it's so good why I made my girlfriend watch it is because right at the very end the one that they pick 
Mm. They turn up at their door in a taxi and they get sent out for a proper meal together for a first date. Okay, yeah. But the ones who don't get the date get a ready meal. Oh! <laughs> and it's just, they get a knock on the door and a producer puts a ready meal outside oh. the door. <laughs> and he says on it, ready meal for one. Do they just slap him in the face while they're at it? <laughs> it's like, that mokes my... I did not tell my girlfriend about this. Because <laughs> she was not prepared for just the level of pining off these men Oh, yet. man. Of course it's the men, isn't it? So it's the woman picking out the man. Well, it's both. It's oh, a, is it? Okay. Sometimes it's a man, sometimes it's a woman. Like they mix. It. That's why I like the show because yeah. it's like there's no there's a set format, but they don't they play it's around. It's not with like it. super biased towards like as you say a gender or an age bracket or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, like sometimes they'll do like you know it's one man three women. Mm-hmm. I guess like you know three dates with three women or like one with three dates with three men. Like I said, I think they've done a couple episodes with same sex couples as well. Which is something I really think that, yeah. you know, shows need to do more because I've. Been waiting for like, why? Why has there not been an episode of Don't Tell the Bride where the bride. it's not just a cisgender relationship? Yeah, why? Why can't we have like two brides? Yeah, and then one of the brides like hands it off to the other one. Why can't we have like two grooms mm-hmm. or something like that? Like do a special or something. Like that. Don't tell the groom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, that, that's not happening. I'd like that show for that, but my girlfriend was not prepared. It's like, oh yeah, Joseph didn't get a date, and he opens the door, and it just says "Ready Meal for One" <laughs> the rose on it, and she was like, "No, that's so mean." Um, the thing is though I would absolutely love Don't Tell the Groom but it's the same kind of people that are on Don't Tell the Bride oh so it's just the wife plans so it so it's the wife who thinks she's fucking perfect at everything in life okay yeah gotta plan out a perfect dream princess wedding with a amazing venue blah 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 on like 13 grand yeah on this budget but also the lad not getting a stag do and then bitching and then bitching and whining like the one thing I give a shit about is the stag do. She just sent me on a boat to go fishing. To be fair, that sounds like a pretty decent stag do. No, but that, that fucking hen do was great where they just went fishing and caught a couple of mackerels and all got seasick. Yeah. I, the thing is, though, I watch a lot of them and think, if the person was a better sport, they'd have fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, that It's like that, the whole thing about like the dinner date show where it's not really the meal, it's the conversation. Like, mm-hmm. If you could have the best meal ever, but if there's no sparks flying on the person doesn't have a personality or they're just not interesting to be around, it's going to be a bad day. Yeah. Same way you could make, like, you could have bad food, but it could still be a good day. Mm-hmm. And what? there's so many, they're like, the women are just, they're so sour-faced the entire time. And they just yeah. sit there, like, face like a slapped ass. It's like, I'm not having fun. It's like, well, no one's having fun because you just sat there with, like, you know, like you're sucked on a lemon. It's like, what's more fun? Getting a free wedding or paying 25 grand yourself for one? Mm. And having to plan out for two years. Well, like so many things they send them to do, like the one earlier, it's like they get sent to like a ghost hunting thing. It's oh, like, right. Okay. And it's like, that's really boring. It's like, no, that could be fun if you went, you know, you're there with your friends. Mm-hmm. Just treat it like a fun day out and in, an experience you're not going to have again. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not what I wanted. It's because, okay, we don't always get what we want, but like, at least try and make the best of it. Yeah. And uh, that's what I always just get really annoyed about is the fact that these people go on. Get their entire wedding paid for by a like a you know television company, and then get pissed off when it's not exactly what they want. It's like, but you're getting it all free. Also, that's the show. Yeah, the show. That's, it, the, that's the, the entire premise of a show you signed up for. I do no like that. You. I do like that when reality TV shows like that where someone just does not get what they want. Like uh, you're like the reality TV makeover shows. Oh yeah. Have yeah. you ever seen like the reactions on them when like people don't like the house? Not the house ones, no. I think one that I remember years ago, and I don't think I'll get to recognize, like there's a guy um, uh, 
who gets his house repainted like by his mate mm. and he paints it in like the Newcastle United colours oh, but he's like no. a Sunderland supporter or something oh, like that oh no so he comes back to his house and has a piss take because he's like mate was in charge yeah. of the redecoration he's done it all Newcastle United theme, and he goes fucking ape shit man that's how it's done that is that is how it's done but we need to combine all these shows. Like, is there any like we talked about like last week the game shows you want to go? On. Is there any of those, those like dating reality shows that you want to go on? Because there's a lot of shows that are just dating. Mm. There's like dating in the dark. There's naked attraction. There's like dinner dates. Definitely don't want to do naked attraction. There's, there's first dates. Naked attraction for anyone that doesn't know is, is literally that you have to get naked on a stage with a crowd. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, have everybody judge your body, and then you get picked out of a crowd by somebody else that's naked. Yeah. And it's like, great. Yeah. Well, it's, that it's, sounds like fun. It's, they, it's not just to stood there naked, they unveil each part of your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pick you apart piece by piece. And, and they're like, oh yeah, do you like this man's penis? It's like, well, it's a bit small, isn't it? I've actually seen an episode where they oh. say, where the woman says it's a bit small. And it's like, the guy's still got to stand there. Yeah. He's got to stand there knowing that the woman's not going to pick him because he's got a small penis. But it's like, would you want to see his face? But it don't really matter. He's no. look, his, his face is just depressed. Yeah. This man's got no soul. It's left his body. Uh, but one I would kind of like to go on, it, you know, provide that I was single and yeah, I don't yeah. want to be single to clarify. I just mean what, which one do you in, think looks the most in fun? In theory. Um, just going on one that's on Netflix called Sexy Beasts. Oh, well, they make you up They like make you up like, a, like a, either a, an animal or a monster or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that one looks great. And watched a few episodes and they're all intolerable assholes on there. Because they all think they are the hottest shit in the world. And then they get but made up to like a fucking... The like, premise of it is great. Yeah. It's like Love Island is an interesting premise, but every person they put on it is like a complete charisma void. Yeah. And they all look like the same person, just mm-hmm. with like the names and accents changed. Yep. And I literally... I liked the idea of that show, but I couldn't finish the series because I was just like, every time it's just either, you know, a man and three women or a woman and three men... And all just like, well, I am the best at this, 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 and this. And this is why this person would want me, because I'm amazing at this, this, this. And I am the sexiest person ever. And you're like, great. If, if that was the case, you. why are you on a dating show? Yeah. If you're so great, why don't you just go to a club and say, oh man, I can't. No, and it's always just one of those things of, well, I don't understand why guys wouldn't like me. Or I don't understand why girls never go for me. And it's like, is it because you're a horrible person, maybe? Have you thought about that one? There is something I wanted to mention. There's a thing we can end on in regards to that. But I think the one for me, I'd have to be dinner dates. See, it just looks so fun. Mm. You get your meal. You get three free dinners. And then you get, at the very least, you get a ready meal at the end of it. Well, I I think it would be a lot better to be the one person on that, not the three. Yeah, because then you've got, like, you've got to cook what the meal. What happens to the, the two or the five that don't get you? I think they'll just get put back bit. into a pile, maybe. Or do you just get like half a ready meal and half a roast? Well, they don't even get to appear on the show, I don't think. No. So I think it's just like they'll probably just like, okay, we'll keep, pay, we'll pay you with another person yeah. if you can. Because that will look super fun where it's just you just get to go on three dates and get a home cooked meal. See, what I'd want to do, it's not a dating show. I'd want to do couples come dine with me. Oh, yes! Yeah, like, yeah, let's I do that shit. That so much. I want to do couples come down. We watched a lot of that as well. Yeah. The, the arguments that break out on that show are <laughs> so good. They're so good, like um, because couples come down with me. I guess we should explain the premise of that. Cause it's like it's a very British show, where it's just um, you just invite a couple over and you throw a house party. 
Or you get, no, no, you no, get dinner party. Yeah, I think you get given a couple hundred quid. Um, just throw like host a dinner party for the other contestants, and it's like, and then they'll throw one for you, and you all vote for which. What like you all score each other's nights, and whoever wins gets some money. It's a really good premise as well because like they have like usually five couples, and they do an episode a week. It's over a week they'll do all five episodes. Mm. It's really good like binge watching television, and just yeah, the people they get on it. You always have like the couple like yeah, we just we just thought it'd be fun. Yeah, thought it'd be a laugh. And then you get the old people who are like no. I throw the best dinner parties ever. I am the... And they'll say, what's your entertainment this evening? I'm going to sing. It's like, no. And I've I've seen ones as well where it's not, we're going to have a fun karaoke session. It's, I'm going to stand there and sing at you all while you sit there. And you're going to like it. And you're going to sit in my living room and clap my amazing singing. Yeah. And they all just sit there silently with a drink in the hand, just looking like they died inside for an hour. Because that show looks great, because there's my favourite part of it, which is, oh, all the other contestants just get 20 minutes to snoop around your bedroom. Oh, and God. they have, like, the clearly, like, stage stuff where the producer... Is there an interesting thing yeah. about you? Is there an embarrassing photo? Is there, like, an award that you can put out? Is there, a, like, an instrument that you can play? That Do you, you have a hobby that's out? weird yeah. off the wall? And then they'll just, like... You'll, they'll walk into the bedroom, it's, like, play suspiciously on the bed... I wonder what this is. <laughs> or they open one specific closet that they've yeah. been told to open and go, oh, I'm going to have a look in here. Pull out one very specific item and go, oh, look what I found. It's like, ooh, you've got a secret society we never knew about and that looks good. That's the idea of being paid money to snoop around someone's house and just judge them. <laughs> sounds really fun. That sounds like a good one. But like, I want you to wheel it back to like just being so awful that no one wants to date you because there was an article that went out and... It's so telling that the guy just was happy to post for like the photo and stuff. Anyway, it's like, oh yeah, I'm 29 years old and I can't get a date because of my political views. God. And he just stood there like posing for the photo, and it's like fucking knobhead from nowhere. Um, can't get a, says he can't get a date because women um, find his political views unappealing, and he doesn't understand that. And it's like, all you're really doing there is just saying, I am so unfuckable mm-hmm. I had to like complain about it in a national newspaper so have the balls to say yeah. that you've almost got to respect someone for just being able to just with no sense of self-awareness or shame just announce publicly to the world I can't get a woman to fuck me like it doesn't matter what your politics are you will find somebody else out there that aligns with you politically. Mm-hmm. So you're clearly such an abrasive dickhead about it that you've just completely lost all semblance of a chance. Yeah. And it's the fact, though, that the guys who say that, they'll announce it publicly and go on, like, so the, the guy did an interview mm. and was happy to pose for a photo with his name and his <laughs> face on it, saying, like, nobody wants to fuck me. It's like, why would you do this? Jason, 29, is a massive fucking virgin. That's all it's, and all it's like, why would you let people post that? Well, the thing is, all he's saying is, like, I am, like you said, so abrasive, so obnoxious that nobody wants to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that, and you're complaining about it as if it's the other person's problem. I'd love it if the interview um, in the article was like, I spent 10 minutes with this guy, and he was so abrasive that I had to just walk away. It's just... <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. And I saw a great breakdown of it all. It was um, uh, women, just women want to date men who are likable. Mm-hmm. And so, like the long short of it is that women want to date a man who's likable. And so many men are just unlikable. Mm-hmm. There's not, there's no conspiracy theory here. There's no 
like there's no one holding you back it's just generations ago women needed men mm-hmm. like women literally had to have like their husband or dad's signature to open a bank account like that's like women could not buy houses they could not own yeah. property like yeah. and now you know it's a pr- it's not fully but it's a pretty equal equality point. is getting there yeah like women don't need those things like so realistically they don't need a man mm-hmm. and they especially don't need a man who just causes them aggro and grief all the time mm-hmm. and men can't handle it because nope. they've had to do the bare minimum so it's like going back to um, don't tell the bride when you're looking at men who they can they literally cannot pick up after themselves they mm-hmm. can't they cannot function without someone basically mothering them 24 hours a day yeah and it's just embarrassing. It's like, none of us are perfect, but just you just have to put some level of effort in. Yeah, well, that's all it comes down to, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a quote from like Jesus, I think it is. It's like, um, uh, if a fruit, if a tree doesn't bear fruit, cut it down. Oh, it's I like, thought you were just going to say, like, Jesus said, don't go and tell me the bride. Don't tell the bride. <laughs> Jesus does not condone, don't tell the bride. No, it's that one. It's like, yeah, you've got to have something to offer another person. Mm-hmm. Even like, even if it's just like you know your companionship and like you know your... and it used to be enough that being a man was enough to offer because yeah you provide a level of security the woman can't have society was fucking horrible but now they don't need that mm-hmm. and I remember it was like uh, one of those great clapbacks you see on Twitter every now and again of a man just being like um, uh, like oh something that is getting angry at the idea I think a woman told him that she didn't want to sleep with him or something like that. Because she's had a vibrator, and he um, thought, and he thought it was like a dunk on the woman of like, oh yeah, good luck living in your house alone with a vibrator and a cat. It's like, if you really think it's a dunk to admit that you can be replaced by an animal and a piece of plastic with a battery in it, yeah, that's not a dunk on the woman. That's a dunk on you. That you are so useless beyond those two functions, providing companionship and a dicking down. Yeah, that you can be replaced by something that costs twenty quid and a cat. But and the, that, the idea that they are so unaware of themselves that they would post that thinking it's dunk on them. Yeah. Like, oh, it's the dunk on you that you're just going to sit in your house with a vibrator instead of getting a boyfriend. It's like, okay, so if, if you're saying that every function you'll provide as a boyfriend can be provided by something. Uh, when I don't want to be near it, I can put it in my nightstand. Mm-hmm. I don't have to talk about it. I don't have to interact with it anymore. <laughs> are you saying this is a, a dunk on me? It's like, okay. Like you are such a just bad person. You offer so little in this relationship that you can literally be replaced by a piece of plastic. Yeah. And yeah, I, do, I think we can end it there, Lucas. We can. We just can. as the cops are coming for us. <laughs> yeah. Don't be the kind of man who can be replaced by a piece of plastic. Sirens are on our Yeah, end. offer something more to um, uh, the woman or man in your life. There we go. And Lucas, anything you like to plug before we go? Uh, yeah, sure. I will just... Plug that, you know, you can find me on Twitch and YouTube at Legend of Canto. Hell yeah. And my, me, you can find me on Twitter somewhere. On YouTube, no doubt. And what I'll plug is Don't Tell the Bride. I will say that don't watch Don't Tell the Bride on More For the app. Um, because I think I could sum up how bad More For the app is. Because on the Xbox Store, the More For app is one of the worst reviewed things on it. Okay. And it has like, I think like overall like one and a half stars and the top rated review for the More 4 app is a one star review with like 500 likes on it that just says wank app. <laughs> it's like that something up. Oh. Just, just one star wank app. Done.